Brink wide left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson! Back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... What's happening, guys? How you been? What's up? Everything good? Good, buddy. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Uh, today's going to be uh, an interesting day. We're going to chat with uh, Brian McCormack from the Henderson Silver Knights. He's just off a plane from Seattle via Vancouver and originating from Abbotsford. A strange, strange travel day for uh, mm-hmm. for the group. Uh, the uh, Henderson Silver Knights were up there for a double dip against the Abbotsford Canucks, but the majority of our day will be spent in the National Hockey League, and that means the Vegas Golden Knights, and that means it's Monday, which means at 4 o'clock the opening segment belongs to the listeners. And let us know what you have to say. It's uh, not fun. It's not uh, rosy right now for the Vegas Golden Knights with a record of 1-4, and four, equaling uh, the start from year number two. Give us a call at 702-876-1340. In my experience in the media, way back uh, over the years, uh, there's, uh, there's two things that happen. The fan response is great when the team is going fantastic and when the team is on a bit of a skid. Anything in between, uh, you're, you're here, you're there. But the passion really comes out when you're really good or things aren't going your way. Right now, uh, we are falling into the latter category, and we might have to do some some just consoling, some counseling today, Dr. Wallace, at oh, 702-876-1340. Yeah, I, I feel like I'll, some of that started last night after the game. Uh, Post games have been pretty good I'll be honest like the the interaction we're getting on the post game show has been fantastic a lot of really good insights strong callers strong messages uh but you're right I mean no one envisioned at the beginning of the year that the Golden Knights the five games in would be one four and oh uh so this is kind of a, a shock to the system it's it's new territory right now for this team and this fan base 702-876-1340. We'll get to uh, the first couple of callers in a second. But before we do that, uh, Ted and Leon are on hold right now. Uh, I just want to make mention, what's happening right now is, it like should not be overwhelmingly accepted, nor should it be absolutely panned. Does that make sense? Um, it, the the reasoning behind it, the injuries or or well, yes, injuries. Yeah. But it yeah. also does not mean that you lose every game. You you may well, not be five hundred. You may not be uh, four hundred winning percentage. You may only win three out of ten. But the coaching staff is not accepting just losing every game because uh, the uh, the injuries. So and the flip side side is is that. Uh, that you just you you got to get something out of it. You got to grind something out of this tough spot. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that we all can can understand on the surface why the production for the Golden Knights is is gone down, right? When when you don't have players that that provide the impact offensively that Stone, Pacioretty, Alec Martinez provide for this team. Last night, missing Nolan Patrick, who was was brought in to be a big piece moving forward for the Knights, like. I think we can all understand why the production is is not where it is or where it's been historically for the Golden Knights. But that all being said, defensively, where where the Golden Knights are giving up plays, where they're they're giving up scoring chances against, that I think is the part that, that I have a hard time accepting because this is a very good um, throughout their entire history, a very good defensive team, and that seems to be falling by the wayside a little bit in in the search for more offense. It all makes sense. But I agree with you. It's it shouldn't be accepted because this is a team that going into the year, everyone expected to be the prohibitive favorite in this division, and you know what? You you battle through the adversity. You find ways to win, and that's the whole point. And it's not being accepted. They're uh, they're working their tails off, uh, but uh, hopefully it turns. Let's uh, let's go to the phone lines. They're all full right now, so let's start off with Mike. You're leading off on this Monday. Well, I appreciate it. I know that Ryan had to talk Rita off the ledge last night. I heard a bit of that. Show. <laughs> Did a good job. And uh, the other things that uh, that are on my mind is why is why aren't the Golden Knights using Twitter to inform the loyalist of the loyal when and if there is practice that day? I, I don't know if you can look into that, Darren, or not, but... It's really fallen off the table. Why is that? Well, it's it was a late late change. That I can tell uh-huh. you uh, from from inside uh, the from my desk that it was a late scratch that that practice wasn't wasn't held. That okay. Uh, this, so uh, this, you you were probably going to be there there anyway. It, like it was that that much of a, a last minute uh, switch. Yeah, I was out the door and found yeah. out there was no practice, and yes. that was disappointing. So to I say the least. But yeah. you know, but they have been slow on the trigger to even post practice this season, and I don't know why. Well, we're so all get, kind of getting back used to the routine. Well, everybody's got to, yeah. and obviously the fans even have it. I apologize for that, Mike. The crowds are down. I'll make the sure that thing. somebody pays for that. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have, I don't have any too. power. I, and... I want to say that the one thing that is correctable, that's got to be corrected, is the ineptitude of the power play. This goes back to the days when we did have Pacioretty and Stone and we were at 100%. You can't fail 29 consecutive times and call that a fluke. Okay, hold on. You're going back to the playoffs? Well, I'm going back to May. It isn't yeah. that long ago. It's a, that, that's irrelevant. They're they're over eleven, I think, this year. That's if you want to cite that stat, Mike. I'll I'll totally agree with you. Uh, the power play has got a got a support. Uh, they've got, they've got one unit that's got five National Hockey League guys that are five power play guys. So it mm-hmm. uh, they have to find a way to poke one across the line. Uh, I absolutely. absolutely agree with that. But the the whole stats about going back to last May irrelevant. It's it oh. it just it doesn't it doesn't hold any water in my book. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. It is true. I don't like the idea of the coach saying, wait till the end of the season to evaluate the power play. That, that's just too late. Well, he doesn't want to be asked about it every day. If they go two for three or they go 0 for three, uh, or they go three for five. He doesn't. He, what he's doing is getting in the way, uh, getting in front of 
those questions every day. And it's such a hot-button topic. And is he going to have to evaluate the power play every day? He'll talk about the power play. He does talk about the power play. But he doesn't want there to be this massive judgment on it right now. You're two weeks into the season. Is it a hot spot? Yes. But in, in the middle of November, what if it changes around? He's still not going to say, I want to talk about the power play every day. No, of course not. And your explanation, as usual, is perfect. <laughs> I look forward to hearing more of Derek England. And yeah. I'm kind of a little surprised that he hasn't gone into more coaching instead of broadcasting. Well, Derek's going to be with us on Friday on the set on the uh, television side with Darren Elliott uh, and myself at uh, T-Mobile Arena and uh, looking forward to that. And he's going to be part of uh, uh, the television pre-intermissions and post-game shows uh, throughout the year. So uh, I was chatting with him today, and he's he's excited to uh, expand his role uh, within the organization. So thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. There's Mike uh, leading us off as Stephen from Australia. Oh, welcome back to the VGK Insider Show. Long time no talk, pal. Yes, good morning for the first time this season. How's you guys all been? We uh, we are good. We are good. Uh, things on okay in your end? Yeah, things are things are going okay. Um, we're we're back up again and running out of lockdown, so I'm, I've been pretty excited for that. Um, a couple of things I wanted to touch on since it's been a little while. Um, here's a fun fact: Did you know? that 13, oh, roughly 14 days, two weeks into this season, we're already going to have a season series ending between the Anaheim Ducks and the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow. Oh, did not know that. They will have played, they will have played their three games. They open the season against each other, and yeah. they'll end their season series just two weeks into the season at three games. It's, it's got to be one of the earliest season series completions within, within a, uh, the same side of the National Hockey League Conference divide. Yeah, it's, I thought that was incredibly odd. Um, now, I did want to touch on the injuries for a little bit. Um, look, it's not fun what we're going through but, or what the team's going through, but the reality is that the team's only one and four. Now, basing this off the last time that there was a full season, everything was together properly, which I think was 2018-19, it was about 90 points was the cutoff to make the playoffs in the Pacific because of just the reality is that the division is bad. And I don't think anyone's going to deny that. If, like, I don't think we need to be hitting panic stations yet, which is what I've seen some fans doing. Um, as frustrating as it is to watch, the reality is if, like, Vegas can go 40. 35 and 7. Is that, is, would that be too much to ask for this team to go 40, 35 and 7 fully fit? Because that will get you to 90 points and that will get you into the playoffs in this division. It is that bad. Now, do you think that these injuries could also be a slight blessing in disguise? And I mean, you never want to have injuries, but it's an Olympic year. If some of these players can't necessarily take the ice, that may or may not be borderline on their national team's Olympic roster and they can't play, they may not go to the Olympics, which gives them a three-week break in February towards the back end of the season when you need to be fully rested as you make a charge towards the playoffs. So could, well, you are looking at the sunny like, side of things down there. As, that would, as much as that would suck for the players, like, could that be a blessing in disguise in a weird way? Uh, 
yeah, I guess if they're fresher and they they don't have that travel, uh, I, I'm on record saying that the Olympics aren't going to be as much of a, a wear and tear on the body and, and the athletes as people predict. But, yeah, that's the sunny side of looking at things. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, better ways to look at things. Um, so, yeah, that's um, that's really all I wanted to say. Um, I hope you guys are well, and I'll try to call in a little bit more this yeah. season. Uh, thanks, uh, Stephen. I know that uh, Australia has been really uh, buttoned down. I had a bunch of friends. <laughs> that were uh, with me in Tokyo and uh, they had to go quarantine on on the way back and it was uh, it was hardcore so I'm glad things are turning around there Charlie welcome to the VGK insider show on Fox Sports Las Vegas thank you uh, trying not to be that dead horse but uh, last year in the playoffs weren't we four was it four for 43 that we were on the power play don't know the exact that, numbers but I, you're right it was uh, it was not leading the, uh, the the postseason Ryan you might know the exact numbers on that I, I, okay, I don't have the exact numbers, but it, it was not good enough, and, and there were no power play goals in the conference, what would essentially be the conference final against the Montreal Canadiens. That's where the Golden Knights power play really, really took a hit. Maybe the point I'm getting at is perhaps Spot is, needs to either step away or have somebody else control. That's four for 54 of the last 54 power plays, and that is historically bad. And I don't know what his uh, strength is, but obviously coaching the power play is not one of his strengths. And they ought to try something else. Heck, I think if Ryan just went there and said, I'll randomly select five guys to go on the power play, you could go four for 54. And I don't know what the claim of uh, spot is to keep uh, being in charge of that. So any, trying anything would seem to be better than four out of 54 power plays. On the power play, Ryan, you jump in here because uh, I'll, I'll tag on the back end. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I look at it from a, a couple of different perspectives. I, I, As far as last year goes, I, I'm not going to bring those numbers into this. Like, I understand why that's something that happens, but I'm judging this year based on this year and these numbers. In the preseason, the Golden Knights were able to find power play goals. Right now in the regular season, uh, power play goals not there for the Golden Knights. Uh, what what I'm going to look at here is generating chances and then figuring out if the chances they're generating are actually going to lead to goals or if it's just kind of moving things around the perimeter and not really getting into to the middle of the ice. Last night, I don't think the Golden Knights power play was particularly good. In fact, I think that it sucked a little bit of momentum out of them, especially on that second power play opportunity. Uh, when you're not converting you need to at least have your power play work in your favor, move you in the right direction. Um, there were times, I think, against the Oilers and, and you know, times early on in the, in the homestand where there were, there were enough chances generated that you could see the Golden Knights, maybe they hit a post, they don't get the, the pucks to drop. But right now, um, the, the excuses for me are out the window. In terms of the power play for the Golden Knights, they've got to make that something that, drops for them regularly because this is a team that's struggling to find goals. It's a team that is struggling to to put three on the board every single night. And the best way to ensure that you get a goal is to score on the power play. Um, yet I know that you've got some new, new players in those roles and elevated roles. Uh, but at this point in time, the Golden Knights just simply need to get a goal. They need to find a way, put one in the back of the net and grow from there. I had a, another question, too, and I'm kind of concerned. I 
as a fan, I hate the upper body, lower body, uh, undisclosed. With Patrick saying upper body, we know he has a history of uh, migraines and concussions. Is there any inside information on it? Is it upper body? Is it going back again to the migraines? That I can't tell you. Uh, whether it's uh, something to do with the migraines or uh, a shoulder, it's it's the National Hockey League. There's a couple of teams that that do talk about their injuries, but a majority uh, do not. And I can tell you right now who to blame for the upper body and lower body. I don't know if you guys know this story. The late great Pat Quinn, uh, one of the greatest people to uh, ever be around our game. And he was a, a player, uh, he was uh, a coach, uh, and coached uh, in the Olympics, won a gold. And during the, uh, his time with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he was being uh, questioned by uh, a person named Howard Berger, who's a, a radio guy uh, in Toronto. And Howard had a tendency to get under your skin a little bit. He was around you every day, so so that would happen. Just like I, I get under your skin, you guys, uh, every day. And so he you was asking what? Pat Quinn over and over, and Pat finally went, lower body. And it just, like, threw it out there. Lower. There was no trying to hide it. It was just more a product of their relationship and Pat not wanting to be uh, overly forthcoming because it was Howard asking the question. And it stuck. And then it became it, it got generated to play all around the league, like Pat Quinn having some fun with the media, lower body. And and then it stuck, and other coaches kind of bought into it, and it became a thing. And it, it, it absolutely came out of just a flippant little throwaway remark between a coach and a reporter having a back and forth. And now well, the here NHL, we are. The NHL is now getting more and more sponsorships with sports books. I know they just signed a deal with uh, DraftKings. Yeah, and you would think that the sports books would say, "Hey, let's knock off this malarkey." The NFL, you get fined if you don't even say, you know, yeah. it's a Achilles, it's a you know left shoulder sprain, where they have to identify everything because some people are getting inside information and making bets on that. Yeah, I know. So I don't understand why the sports books aren't putting pressure in NHL to get rid of this, uh, you know, malarkey, lower body, uh, un- undisclosed. Uh, in football, mm-hmm. they'll hit you just as hard as they will in hockey, and they'll tell you that the guy's got a, you know, sprained uh, left knee or whatever the heck it is. I don't know why the NHL still plays this game, and it's hard on the fans. We don't even know what Stone's injury is. Uh, I you know, agree with you, he, and as a media member, uh, I would love to know. Uh, as uh, an employee in the National Hockey League, uh, I, it's why I, I'm not allowed to gamble on, on hockey. I, I can't place any wagers because of that, uh, that connection, and uh, I, would, I would like to see it more public, but I understand coaches and organizations wanting to keep it uh, private, especially in the playoffs. Now, I, I don't see you as targeting, but they want to prevent targeting and, and specifics uh, on, on that side of things. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, a line open. I uh, really appreciate it. First time I've uh, talked to Charlie, too. Uh, see, everybody's uh, jumping on board here on the Monday open line segment on the BGK Insider Show. Stephanie, good Monday afternoon. Good Monday afternoon, guys. So I feel bad about not calling in last night, but I messed up my neck. So I was on painkillers and I fell asleep after the game. But... Um, you know, it, it's, I think, that, like, I'm not necessarily concerned about being one and four because we cannot win them all 
um, it, it's really just a power play that I'm hoping will get better. But I, it, it's hard to watch our team and think that they're not trying. Like seeing, I don't know if you guys all saw the clip of Marshy just destroying his stick during the game. Yeah. Like I, I know that they are fired up and working on it. And it's, it's, I can only imagine it's really hard having so many players out. And hopefully, you know, we'll see a lot of improvement as players come back and or if they stay out as the team gets more used to having the lines, you know, that we have available. Uh, get better. Thanks for the call, Stephanie. Glad that uh, that yeah. you were able to hook up with us uh, today. Uh, I liked seeing that out of Marshy last night. Marshy uh, so mm-hmm. doing that and the timing of it at the end of the game. Like he didn't do it in the middle of the game where it's just distracting and he maybe uh, loses his focus. I, I, I let it out, snap a stick. Uh, I, I, I'm absolutely fine with it. Well, it's emotion, right? Like you, you can tell, you can understand that this is a player in Jonathan Marcheseau who has done a lot of winning with this Golden Knights organization and this stretch of, of dropping four straight, it doesn't happen very often. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating as players. It's frustrating to be in the moment, to, to be dealing with these injuries and not be able to, you know, to find a goal, not be able to find a play, not be able to convert. And, you know, what you saw was was really four games of frustration bubbling over for Jonathan Marcheseau. And, and that line, going minus three yeah. against Edmonton, not being able to convert and, and contribute uh, yesterday. Uh, the power play. Before we get back to the phones, the power play hasn't scored this year, but there's issues with the power play in Washington and there's big issues with the power play in Toronto and they're healthy. And that those teams have uh, world-class players that are, they're healthy and going through the same type of thing. So it's, it's not just here. I'm not also taking anybody off the hook, uh, you got to score a power play goal. You're five games of the season. <laughs> you you got to score. Uh, hence why Pete DeBoer was trying to uh, sort of lessen the uh, the attention paid to this man advantage this year when they were when they were putting some new wrinkles into it. But there's uh, there's other things. The, right now, the longest power play uh, streak without a goal belongs to Alexander Ovechkin's Washington Capitals. Uh, they're on an 0 for 16 run, and you should see the Toronto media blowing up over Mitch Marner and John Tavares and and. Uh, what's happening with Austin Matthews with their power play uh, in, in Toronto as they kind of go sideways uh, right now. So um, just a, a point of uh, reference there as you, you take everything. Back to the phone lines. Uh, who do we got now? Chris? Frank. Uh, welcome to the VGK Insider Show, Frank. Hey, guys. Uh, you know, I always try to call in, and you know how I love to talk about my Robin Leonard, and, uh, you know, I'm going to back off a little bit with him. Uh, I know that he's doing the best that he can with what he has in front of him, but I still don't think that he's really the guy for us. I thought he was um, good yesterday. The thing I'd like to touch off on is watch out for this team when they do make the playoffs. And everyone's concerned about the power play. Everyone's concerned about this and that. This is going to be a very dangerous team when and they do get into the playoffs. Uh, you guys, everyone needs to watch out. So, you know, hopefully the injuries won't be piling up. And as the season goes, uh, everyone's going to get healthier. And this is going to be a team to, to look out for. What I would love to see, if they do have to make a trade, um, I would love to see, and I've always said it, go after Patrick Kane. 
Go after this guy. He still has some left in the tank. Great power play guy. Uh, you can get rid of who you want, with the exception of Carlson and Pacioretty, my two favorites. But uh, I would love to see if they're going to make any kind of moves at all. Uh, go after Patrick Kane. He might make a difference. Thanks, guys. Um, I'll just hang up and listen. Uh, appreciate it. But yeah, he would make a difference. Ten million million dollars, future Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think he'd uh, he'd contribute. One of my favorite guys, uh, Patrick Kane. I mean. That's that's adult. you, you got to have a, a willing trade trade partner, right? And I know things aren't going well in Chicago right now, uh, in in the same vein that they're not going well right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. But I I don't think that Patrick Kane is is on is available on the trade market right now. Like I I get the point. I think that that's a player that certainly makes sense. But well, he's got COVID um, too, right? He's in COVID protocol. I don't know. There's yeah, COVID. I, I just like. The fact of the matter is, like, I understand the the desire, and I understand kind of like the movement toward a trade, simply because you you want to change something, right? And mm-hmm. you understand that Patrick Stone, like that the Calvary, the Calvary is as Peter Bower said last night, it's not coming anytime soon. Like, it's on the players in the room right now to kind of figure things out. Um, but anytime you you make a trade, you're going to have to give something up. You're going to have to subtract something, and you got to give something good to get something good. I just don't know how a trade makes the Golden Knights significantly better to navigate these waters. I, I think you just you have to re- realize what your identity has to be in these moments and go out and execute a game plan. A couple more callers. Let's get uh, them in here. Todd, you're on the VGK Insider Show. What are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking that I hate when you always make excuses about the power of play. Okay. And we don't care about Washington or Toronto. We care about the Golden Knights power play. You know, and it goes back to the playoffs and even in the regular season. We, we never had a good power play. And the second thing I wanted to tell you guys, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. I've called in lots of times. <clears throat> um, the vibe in the building isn't the same when you have to wear masks. You know, I... I uh, I don't know if I would have redid my tickets if I had to know I had to wear a mask. I went and got vaccinated because I thought they were going to maybe do like the Raiders and make everybody be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But when you wear a mask, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it sucks. And and it ain't the same. You know, you're there to cheer and and be loud and you're you're confined in your mask. And, And everybody is. Todd, I agree with you. But but in the public safety, like I guess we got to do our part, and and that's that's the fact. But I yeah, yeah but wearing wait. a mask sucks. But remember the playoffs last year; they didn't care if you wore a mask or not. Different rules, right? That was before the spike, uh, and 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 the next wave. Well, it just seems weird, you know. I mean, I know it, it just isn't the same for me. I, I've I've been a season ticket holder since the second season, and. And it isn't as fun when you when you got to wear a mask, you know. And I think that the building's quieter, and and I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way either. Uh, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, I know it uh, it doesn't uh, sometimes wash when I bring up other examples, but uh, thanks for the feedback. Uh, love it. Uh, let's go to Rob, uh, final caller today on this Monday on the VGK Insider Show. Hey guys, how you doing today? Good, buddy. Hey, quick question. You had mentioned early. Uh, at the beginning of all this that, you know, they have five professional NHL professionals on the power play. Do you think they have the right mix? And what I'm going towards is, you know, maybe we need to get that presence in front of the net 
that hasn't been there since tucks out with maybe like Colasau um, or somebody just to plant themselves. I, it seems to be missing, you know, to get those ugly rebounds and, you know, get in the goalie's face and, and get him worked up. I, I just haven't noticed a lot of that. It's a lot of outside perimeter, a lot of movement instead of just, you know, getting those ugly goals. Yeah, Nolan Patrick played that role and uh, will play that role in front of the net, net front presence. They they refer to it as he can slide to the side of the net for redirection or distribute the puck or get in front of the net. He certainly uh, contributed to a couple of goals in, during the preseason in, in that area. And uh, Jenny Dodonov will play up top on the bumper spot. So they actually did acquire players designed to fit around the power play. Uh, it just hasn't hasn't clicked yet, but I, I agree the uh, the the greasy when you're having yeah, trouble scoring I, from the perimeter, those greasy goals become all the more important. Yeah, and they can do it because they've done it in the past. It seems to be, and I've even noticed a little bit on the entry that uh, you know they've gone away from that slide the pack, puck backwards to the trailing man. Um, they're kind of dumping it in and chasing it a little bit better, so. Um, I was at the game on Friday, and I definitely saw um, some opportunities there and movement that was a lot better, um, especially on that five-on-three. Yeah. Um, I think Marcia so hit the post as well. So it's going to come. It's just that point, but just um, changing it up a little bit, maybe mixing that up might give them some other opportunities as well. Thanks for the call. Uh, enjoy your week. Uh, look forward to uh, better times uh, this week as the Vegas Golden Knights roll through Colorado and Dallas. Uh, appreciate the call. Uh, last word on just on the on the power play. It did look really good on on Friday against Edmonton. Didn't score, but looked really good yesterday. Not as much. No, it, it didn't look good yesterday. And and you can you can look at the New York Islanders, a team that is incredibly good at packing mm-hmm. the middle and taking that away from their opponents as maybe a reason as to why it didn't look particularly good for the Golden Knights. But, uh, you know, you, you, you have to find a way. And, and for the Golden Knights, that's going to be one of, one of the questions they're looking for answers for over the next couple of games. Half an hour of callers, I think we had one mention the record. Everybody wanted to talk power play. That is the, uh, yeah, the lightning rod right now uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights and receiving the responsibility from the fans is the man advantage uh, hopefully it can turn around tomorrow as they hit uh, espn wonder what they'll have in their bug tomorrow it's supposed to be bgk uh, and then uh, dallas on wednesday uh, we'll take a break come back with the henderson silver knights angle with brian mccormick on the bgk insider show on fox sports las vegas we're back to the vegas golden knights insider show on fox sports las vegas 98.9 fm and 1340 a.m Boy, jam phone lines for over a half an hour. We extended that first segment on the VGK Insider Show, letting you have your say about what's happening with the Golden Knights. My favorite call dropped the word malarkey twice. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a good word. That's old school. That's when you, you know you're getting serious. I love the word Malarkey. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace, VGK Insider Show. Here's the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights who are up in Abbotsford this weekend taking on the affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks, Brian McCormack. Uh, there's been a transaction between the Henderson Silver Knights and the Vegas Golden Knights. Can you tell us what it is? Yeah, breaking news, right? It just came out. Uh, Caden Korzak has gone up to the big club, so he's going to meet them in Denver. Uh, and just the most recent HSK face 
uh, who, well, we'll see if he makes his NHL debut, but the, the, the most recent one to join the fold, and uh, he's going to have a lot of familiar friend, uh, friends and faces up there when he, when he gets there. Yeah, there's no, no lack of uh, familiarity when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights and the uh, alumni of the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, what was your weekend like? Well, it was uh, a little rainy, a little damp, but there was hockey involved, so it was fun. Uh, only trip north of the border for the Silver Knights this season. They Is it? Picked up uh, one of an available four points uh, and, and managed to, to hang into two pretty tight hockey games. And uh, we've talked about this before, and uh, with the with the Korzak news, it's even more the case. But uh, it's been a somewhat depleted lineup for the Silver Knights over their first two weeks of the season. They found a way to... Uh, to you know, play competitive hockey games and then continue to pick up points. So uh, I, I'm sure fans wouldn't say it was an overall successful weekend, an overtime loss and a shutout loss. Uh, but in a weekend where they went in kind of limping into Abbotsford, uh, it was it was a, a manageable weekend of hockey. Brian McCormick's with us on the BGK Insider Show. He's the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So like how much how much latitude in these moments, right? When when you go into a weekend where you're battling through injuries, you, there's guys in and out of the lineup for various reasons. Some guys getting called up. Like how much latitude is there in in the result? Because we we've heard in terms of development, winning is part of development within this organization. But understanding the consequences, understanding what's going on, like how much latitude is there for the players and, and the coaching staff here? Yeah, you know, Ryan, that's, a, that's an interesting way of phrasing it because we always think of things uh, in terms of results, right? And that's professional sports. So it's really the only viable way you can break things down. But, you know, it's it's almost – it's like a rewarding style point, right? Like they lost, but was it was it good losing? Was it efficient losing? Was it uh, productive losing? In, in reality, sometimes the way you judge things are is, hey, this is the hand we're dealt. We're going to make the most of it. So – you know, I think in terms of, you know, do you look at it as a lost weekend or a, a, a disappointing weekend? Not not really. Again, they got an overtime point. Just from a perspective, people who don't know, the Silver Knights played with 11 forwards and seven defensemen in both games. And of those 11 forwards, one of them was a defenseman in Blake Siebenhaler. So this was a team that was, for the most part, rolling two lines and two pairings at the, at the best of their ability. Um, and they found a way to not only be uh, to get to overtime on Friday, but on Sunday. When you, to me, it looked like Sunday was the day where okay, it really caught up with them because they were even pretty depleted in the home opening weekend. Uh, it would look like really caught onto them, and they were they were just trying to get through 60 minutes. And even then, it was two nothing with a chance to you know to, to make it a game late in the third period. So I think you look at the individuals. Ben Jones was really, really good this weekend. Really good this weekend. Uh, and Pavel Dorofiev continues to put up points on a regular basis. Uh, so you, you can give a tip of the hat to the individuals who had good weekends. And, and overall, I think, talking to Joel Ward after the game on Sunday, he said he was really pleased that they had a chance to win a hockey game late on Sunday, con- you know, considering the uh, circumstances they were in. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, you give latitude. But, you know, sometimes I think you don't have to even read into it that much. This weekend, it was what it was. They found a way to play competitive hockey games, and now they've got about four days to get their feet back underneath them and hopefully get a few bodies back before Bakersfield comes to town. He's the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick, joining us uh, on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. What Can you give us a just a, a sketchbook of what your roster is like? There? Who's who's hurt? Who's available right now? <laughs> I, I should have written this down before I hopped on. Uh, so it's it's most of the names that you'd be familiar with. A lot of them either have been out or are or, uh, or hoping to make their way back. So players who have not yet 
in the lineup for the Silver Knights this season. They've not yet had Zach Hayes, but they hope he's close. They've not yet had Gage Quinney. They hope he's close. Uh, this past weekend, they remained without Jack Dugan. Uh, they were without Lucas Elvinus and Jonas Ronbeard. They uh, were, of course, without Peyton Krebs, whether you want to count him or not, as, as a call-up. Jake LeCision called up. Daniil Miramanov called up right before the weekend happened. Um, and then if you want to look long-term, what, what the Silver Knights had to look forward to down the line, they hope to eventually get back the likes of Alan Quine, Jake Bischoff, late Mayhack. So, I mean, right there, I've, I've pretty much named the top six and a half forwards and, you know, two, you know, two defense pairings that you'd pretty much uh, have penciled in on opening night in the best of circumstances. And thus far, the Silver Knights haven't had that. And, and yet after four games, they're two, one and one. Uh, that is an extensive list, all while doing up your seatbelt. I thought I was going to get away with that. That I'm, is impressive. Going to dinner, I'm going to dinner with the wife, and she's so good. She turned off the radio. She she went out the front door rather than the garage. She made all these efforts to be quiet, and then ding, ding, ding. No. She's looking at me like, I, I let her down. Is she right Is she right there beside you? She's right beside me. She is. She does exist. Can you put her on for a quick second? Gladly. Okay. Uh, Allie, the radio wants to talk to you. Allie. Hi, Allie. Hi, how are you? Good. It's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace from the VGK Insider Show. Uh, we we appreciate you letting your husband join us to bring us up to date. And uh, I know that he just got back from Abbotsford uh, after a long weekend away. And uh, you were very gracious to uh, not get in the way of saying, why you got to do this? And because... I understand the hockey doesn't stop. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for doing this. Where's he, where are you guys going for dinner? Uh, we are going to Pizza Rock. Nice. Nice and congratulations on the uh, on the wedding. Thank you, I appreciate it. You have Thank a great. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. She sounds way nicer you. than you. She yeah, she's she's very nice and she doesn't mind uh, you borrowing me for these kinds of updates. Like, as soon as I hang up the phone, she's gonna be wow, really? Rondi didn't play. So this is when <laughs> this is when she gets her bulletin as well. It's like, well, honey, if you were listening over the weekend, you'd know this. This is how she gives it away. Every now and then, I, I say like, oh, I'm gonna be on the show with Darren and Ryan today. She's like, ooh, you're gonna be on the radio. That's exciting. I'm on the radio every day. <laughs> Brian and Allie McCormick are with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It sounds like a podcast. I think we should uh, we should do this. Uh, and and for those uh, you've you've got to know Brian a little bit over the last few months. He's a funny dude. So uh, make sure that uh, that you're following him on on all social platforms and you're, you're listening to the to the games. And we love having him on the uh, on the program here. Um, give me an idea. Actually, paint the picture for us. I know you did the sketchbook of the injuries, but before we let you go here, the American Hockey League and the travel is different than the National Hockey League. That was your only trip to Canada, so you have to deal with COVID uh, compliance uh, with testing, crossing the border. Uh, But also, Abbotsford is on the, I think the best way to explain it is the northeast side of Vancouver. How did you get there? Because it's close to Vancouver, but it's sort of a Tough place to get to. Yeah, so there were a couple of options. Uh, very, very minimal options flying directly into Abbotsford. And again, for those who don't know, we're basically talking about five minutes on the other side of the border. It's, it's uh, America Plus. Mm. So we flew into Seattle. Vancouver would have been an option as well, but we flew into Seattle, then hopped on a bus in about two and a half hours from Seattle uh, to Abbotsford. Border Patrol agents on both sides of the border, uh, very, very nice, very, very helpful. 
Uh, I think they're always happy to see hockey teams coming through, especially after the last year. I'm sure they're they're glad that we're in a circumstance now where hockey teams can go back and forth. Uh, so all things considered, pretty pretty darn smooth. I was worried going into it, but uh, all the boys behaved themselves and had their paperwork, and uh, it was a nice, clean, efficient process uh, to get to uh, Abbotsford for the inaugural opening day for the Abbotsford Canucks, which was was uh, fun to be a part of. And, and uh, Abbotsford, you're kind of in charge of all that, right? The Calgary Flames used to have their prospects there, but definitely uh, much more hunger on the fan base side uh, with the Vancouver prospects in town. I think it's weird that they named the team the Canucks. I'll tell you though, it's, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I don't want to get in trouble, but I'll take, I'll roll the dice. Uh, obviously, the Silver Knights gear is what I have and what I wear around town. It's all I'd ever want. Having said that, were I a layperson on the outside looking in, the Johnny Canuck hoodies and hats. Oh yeah, this yeah. Weekend, I'd be interested. I'd be interested. Yeah. No, you're right. The John, Johnny Canuck, uh, the original sort of uh, logo of the Vancouver Canucks, really cool. Logger. It's, a, it's basically a logger uh, playing playing hockey. It's Right, it's it's, uh, it's the brawny paper towel guy with an edge wearing teal. Right. Uh, <laughs> that is the best description of Johnny Canuck ever. <laughs> well done. We I, I think we deserve to uh, put your face on Johnny Canuck and and wear those shirts around. You know what we. They still come to town. I think in December the Avatar Canucks visit Vegas, and we have to make them angry somehow. So I, I think that <laughs> defacing their logo with my face is probably the best way we can get under their skin. And go enjoy I your night uh, with Allie. Thank you, guys. Appreciate having me on. Talk to you soon. Be good, buddy. Uh, there's Brian McCormick, the voice of the uh, Henderson Silver Knights. Isn't that crazy, though, the, the difference in travel? Like you fly, National Hockey League team flies right into Abbotsford. Uh, American Hockey League team, there's budgets, there's there's different uh, uh, realities that you have to work around. So you fly into Seattle, you unload the gear, load it onto a bus, drive another two hours with a border crossing in between. Uh, who knows what kind of traffic you're going to deal with in the lower mainland uh, getting into uh, into Canada. It's uh, And that's why they flew back today instead of after the game last night. I, I appreciate uh, Brian bringing up Johnny Canuck because it's it's essentially just Connor Garland, right? Like, yeah, it's Connor Garland on a jersey. So, um, you know, well done, Brian. Always, always fantastic work when he comes on the show. Did you see uh, the goal that uh, Connor Garland scored on the weekend? I did. <laughs> hey, he yep. was uh, he was flying. Uh, we're going to take a break. We've got the play of the day, which may or may not have something to do with the Vancouver Canucks or, or the Vegas Golden Knights. I have not tracked down exactly what the play of the day is, so looking forward to that. And then in hour number two, we're going to give you our ratings for the, both the games on Friday night and on Sunday for the Vegas Golden Knights. And one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. A bit of a development in the old Jack Eichel situation. Uh, that's all coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. DJK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, chatting it up uh, with the callers for the first half hour of the hour number one. And it happens every Monday. It is your segment, and uh, you were fired up today. And uh, thank you for all the calls. A little bit surprised about one thing, and I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. But first, Ryan, the play of the day, and it comes courtesy. It's a Monday play of the day, so it's got uh, the old Friday night, Saturday, Sunday uh, to choose from. Goes all the way back to the start of the weekend and a wonderful opportunity for a franchise. Keep that clock moving. 
Here's Larson, able to swing it across. Doug lets it fly, and he scores. You didn't. You didn't tag on the end. No. Where he, where he explains the whole context of the goal? Well, the 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 highlight was Steve Levy, give you know he he calls the goal and then there's like ten seconds of silence. Yeah, and then it's Ray Ferraro. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, Cha- okay, Chappy, Chappy, if you're ever in doubt on a on a highlight, if you're ever in doubt on a highlight from ESPN. You do not cut the highlight until after Ray Ferraro speaks. Well, the problem was it, it was it was edited, so like I didn't know if it was going to sound right because it, it didn't sound that great when. when better, I, the... better to have it not sound right <laughs> than. Can, can you explain to me what the goal that. was then? Well, and our audience, what the goal was? I'm I'm, I'm hoping that they saw it because I'm probably going to do a terrible job of explaining it. <laughs> But, oh, what, goodness no, gracious. What, what, this, is, this is a really, really historical no, no, so, significance. Yes, is very yes, easy I, here. I, I understand. So he scored with 3.2 seconds ago. No, nobody the, cares about that. No, the, no, no. Why, no, why no. is this goal the play Be, of the day? Well, because it's the first home goal in, in Kraken history. Yes. He is the Tomas Nosik of yes. the Seattle Kraken. Yes. But I, I thought you wanted to go for the fact that they retired the number 32, 32,000 deposits for season tickets. He no. scores with 3.2 seconds to go in the first period. Number 32 is pretty prominent in, in this play of the day as well. <laughs> but, but we had to tell everybody. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure they knew. I'm, I'm sure our, you, you, I'm giving our listeners a lot of credit here, the benefit of the doubt that they all knew that Vince Dunn scored the first goal. At Climate Pledge Arena. On Saturday. <laughs> they had, listen, they, they, they had the watched, weekend. Did you guys watch the game on, on Saturday night? I watched I the did. first period. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Watched right. the whole game. What did you guys think of the rink? I thought the rink was really awesome, honestly. Um, I, I I love the the fact that that rink just sits so low. Um, and, you know, you, you walk up to those, to those, uh, to essentially the windows and you're on street level. Um, I thought the rink looked really cool, uh, and I thought the crowd was really, really engaged. And it's unfortunate they didn't get to to be sent home with a win because Connor Garland is a a dream destroyer. So there's that. Johnny Canuck, <laughs> is, is is that what we we're going to call him now, Johnny Canuck? Where are we with Seattle after two weeks? Um, so like I'm not judging them just yet, and and you know for. For some of the same reasons that you're you're not going to go in on the New York Islanders because of that that road trip that they're on. I thought Seattle going on the road for five. Now they finally have their first home game out of the way. It feels like all the big moments, those those inaugural season moments, are kind of past and behind. So I'm curious to see what the Seattle Kraken will be over the next couple of games. So I'm reserving my right to not judge them just yet until I see a couple more mm-hmm. on home ice. Uh, Montreal and Seattle tomorrow night. First time yeah, since ni- ni- 1917. Winner, uh, winner of this one gets the uh, the 19 Stanley Cup. Yeah. There it is. Boom. What weird schedule, eh, that they wouldn't play for 100 years? I know. What's wrong with those schedule really makers? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do in the middle of an epidemic, right, Darren? Uh, and a pandemic thrown in uh, with that it. Was, yep. What, how long was that clip that you just played? It's about nine seconds. Do we have time to play it again? Yes, we do. <laughs> yes. Keep that clock moving. Here's Larson. Able to swing it across. Doug lets it fly, and he scores. 
That's a, that's the shortest play of the day we will ever ever play. No, I think I've had shorter. No way. And, 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 and the segment's been around for a week. And, and believe me, the the hold other on. one that we discussed, I will say this: the other one that we discussed, it was even shorter. Okay, hold 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 on though, right? Like because when we first did play of the day, I said. The entire overtime between the Rangers and yes. whoever else they were playing is the play of the day. And you, we, we said, like, hey, yeah, cut it down two. a little bit. You played the entire two-and-a-half-minute clip. Yes. And in this one, you didn't want to wait ten seconds for Ray Ferraro to speak <laughs> exactly. on the goal. No, it wasn't, it wasn't the waiting. It was just it sounded weird because it sounded like it was edited. <laughs> Just let let us be the judge of that. Well, that's my Next job. Time. I'm the producer. I mean, I have to make the difficult decisions sometimes. You're right. He played two difficult. and a half minutes of overtime, and, and then the first goal ever at home for the Seattle Kraken. Like it the, was ten seconds with, with uh, no let, no relevance. Let, yeah, let's let's forget context in this situation. Well, listen, I, I got the context in. I mean, I, no, I, I, you didn't. Yeah, it was the first home goal. He is Vince Dunn and Tomasz Nosek. They are now part of history together. We're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, our, our ratings for the weekend games against Edmonton and the New York Islanders, plus one-timers on Fox Sports Las Vegas.